Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, where food and fitness come to hang out. Nutrition, training, and life. It's all fair game on Meathead Test Kitchen. Hello. Oh. Oh, my microphone's turned down. Yeah, Greetings. Hey. Hello. <laughs> so I didn't sneeze while we were doing the intro. <laughs> All right, it's all right, it's all right. We're professional podcasters, welcome. We <laughs> if that's what you want to call us, sure. <laughs> well, hello, welcome, welcome into Meathead Test Kitchen. It's a podcast, if you weren't aware, uh, yeah. as we mentioned, where we like to rip the band aid off and tell you shit you don't want to hear. What are friends for? I'm Sasha, mm-hmm. I'm Sadie. <laughs> um, today, if you saw our TikTok, if you didn't, today we are going to cover a topic that's something we talk about pretty consistently your nutrition, but. Here's where this episode's going to be different. Today, we're going to examine what you do when you hit the obsession wall, because we all have at some point to a varying degree. Mm-hmm. Does it happen to everyone? Like not everyone, everyone, of course not, but it does happen to enough people and it's happened to us. So before we start, we are not therapists. We are not licensed therapists, psychologists, any of that. We just happen to be familiar because we've lived through it. We are also not registered dietitians. So if you're exhibiting symptoms of disordered eating, please seek professional help. Yes. Now that that disclaimer is out of the way, let's have a fucking conversation. Now someone's going to say, well, Sadie, you're a, registered, you're a certified nutrition coach. What the fuck are you good for? Well, I can't prescribe diets to you. You have to be board certified by the state fucking mm-hmm. boards that oversee medical care um, to be a registered dietitian. So if you're wondering what the difference is between a nutrition coach and a registered dietitian, there you go. I have not taken a fucking state board exam because I have not studied it enough to be able to look at your macros and be like, oh, well, this is why you're having this problem. You need to eat this, this, and this, this many times a day. That's Mm -hmm. way above my pay grade. So I know more about nutrition than the average bear because I've read a lot of books and I got certified on it. However, there you go. The disclaimer, our asses have been covered. Now let's go. So what's normal when we talk about tracking your food? We do talk about tracking your food a lot because it is a necessary component if you want to lose weight. Now, if you want to lose weight, we're not saying that you have to lose weight. Don't take that as us saying you have to lose weight. We don't give a fuck. You are the master of your own destiny, of your own domain, of your own meat suit. You look however you want to fucking look. Now, if you are to the point where you do want to lose weight, a calorie deficit is required. And this is where tracking your food comes in because you can't just Mm -hmm. estimate it and be like, well, this looks like it's enough food that's going to give me a calorie deficit. You don't know. And we don't know exact numbers of these deficits and your daily recommended calorie intake. Like they're all guesstimates. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But we, we talk about portion sizes. We've talked about all of these things in between. So what's a normal amount of obsession when it comes to tracking your nutrition? Yes. So you track your food, but you don't agonize over every single calorie or macro. Good enough with the bunny ears is completely acceptable in your opinion. So you like, okay, let's say you went over five calories at dinner. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Who gives a shirt? Those five calories are going to disappear relatively easily in the wash and won't fuck with your goals. Here's the other thing too. There are going to be days when you undereat, and there are going to be days when you overeat. Those yeah. offset each other in the end. Honestly, at the end of the day, it's the total for the week. It will balance out. I promise you. Yep. And you're going to continue like those days that when you overeat, those days don't matter. You just fucking eat. Start over again. Anything extra. extra. You don't punish yourself the next day. You just go, okay, whatever. Moving on. Because yes, in the wash, after it's all said and done, after seven days, you're probably going to be at some sort of equilibrium because we all have days where we don't want to eat as much. And then we have days where we feel like we have a fucking tapeworm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're going to land somewhere in between. Uh, you end up taking breaks with your nutrition tracking. Do you get food tracker burnout? 
I do. I mean, it happens to everybody. And if this does happen, take it as an excuse to take a break for a week or so. You can still stick to your general overall plan. Just don't track your calories. So eat everything that you would normally eat if you're on plan, but don't weigh it. Just fucking eat yeah. it. Yes, exactly. And we've talked about this before when we had our initial episode about tracking your macros. Like you're going to get to a point like tracking your calories and weighing stuff isn't for for the rest of your life. No. It's to give you a, you know, a, a jumping off point so that you can eyeball your food. Remember the 80-20 plan? This is why we love it so much. That gives you the daily allowance of fucking off for a meal or a snack. And sometimes that's all the mental break you need to be able to stay on track. I know yeah. for damn sure that works very well for me. Yeah. And what works for you works for you. We're not here to say you have to fucking do this, but this, the 80, 20 plan, the way that it shakes out is one meal a day or snack for seven days is 20% of your food intake for the week. So you get to do whatever you want with it. You want to go smash a quarter pounder with cheese and an extra large order of fucking super salty McDonald's fries. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> That's 20%. Do it. Indulge yeah. from time to time. Like I just said, you understand that not everything has to be perfect all the time. And there's definitely room in your day for a cookie or a scoop of ice cream after a shitty afternoon. <laughs> Might be what I've been doing later. I can't confirm or deny. I know. Uh, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, dude. <laughs> exactly. I watched a video the other day that said diet culture has ruined us because it's acceptable to come home and drink half a bottle of wine after a bad day at work. But if you have ice cream, you're a fucking failure. Amen. And also fuck that. Yeah. I don't remember who put that video up, but I shared it on my Instagram story yesterday. I was like, louder. Yeah. Louder. Why are we normalizing alcoholism and making that okay in the guise of fitness by having half a fucking bottle of wine in one sitting, but you can't have a scoop of ice cream, which actually has Honestly, value. I was just going to say that wine is going to set you more further backward than the ice cream is. At least the ice uh -huh. cream has some fat, some carbs, and some protein in there. Wine uh, doesn't have any nutritional value whatsoever. This is why we host a podcast together. <laughs> But like it, you, you don't want to feel guilty after you eat. Like you, if you don't feel guilty after you eat, that's a sign that you're in a healthy place with tracking mm -hmm. your food. And this is a big one when it comes to warning signs. If you are feeling any shades of guilt for your food choices, it may be time to talk to a registered dietitian or a therapist because you could be wading into the disordered eating territory. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that this is a pretty fine line. Um, I, I should say, let's, let's disclaimer this for me. It's a very fine line. Um, I had gotten to the point, like I stopped weighing my food and stopped putting stuff in my fitness pal for a, a, quite a while, actually, because I was obsessing. Like I knew that it was eyeballed, but I had to weigh it anyway, because I had to make sure that to the calorie, I wasn't going over. Yeah. I had to, to the, the gram of protein, I mean, protein is pretty important, but like I was obsessing over it and being, yeah, I was being hard on myself when I wasn't meeting those goals. And so like, I just had to take a break like mentally because yeah. I was, I, I could not stray. I couldn't like, I couldn't have Dairy Queen on a fucking Sunday if I wanted to, cause it was hot and it was Sunday, like whatever. Um, <laughs> like we, we can talk about this for a pretty long time and in depth, but again, we're not professionals. That's just, you know, my little tidbit and my experience with it. We're going to stop here and suggest seeking help if you're struggling with this, like at all. Like if you yeah. think that it's not normal it probably for you may not be normal and you probably should at least have a conversation about it with a professional. Yeah. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go straight to talking to somebody that can help you because you don't want to have a damaged relationship with food. It sucks real bad. And you want to avoid it at all, at all costs possible. Like, and if you need to be pointed in the right direction, you can send us an email and we can help you find someone that can give you a hand.
Um, we have, we have a lot of resources with like therapists that we know and doctors and all sorts of shit. And even if you're not in the same location that we are, we can help you find somewhere to start looking. We're real good at Google keywords. Yeah. Yeah. Superpower when you work in broadcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So Uh, we've, we've talked about, you know, what's normal. So what's extreme. All right. So the first thing tracking your food, it can be a slippery slope. Like Sasha said, she's been there. I've been there. So don't do what we did. Honestly, this podcast should really be called learn from our mistakes, but that's a shit podcast name for marketing and branding standpoint. So here we are. (laughs) Um, It's, it's one of those things where you, you need to be you need to be diligent about it. But while being diligent about tracking your food, you also need to be diligent that you're not being overly attentive to it. It shouldn't be running your life at yeah. all. Yeah. Like not even kind of. So this is where we get to what orthorexia is. Um, yeah, orthorexia is actually kind of the heart of the topic today. There was um, you know, a newsletter that Sadie got and I was like, you know, I know we've talked about that before. I'm pretty sure it was a mailbag question. We should set, spend a whole entire episode on this because I don't know that it, this is talked about maybe enough. Um, orthorexia is by definition, perhaps best summarized as an obsession with healthy eating with associated restrictive behaviors. So like you, you cannot have a donut. Yeah. Like you cannot, it's the end of the world. If you have a donut, like you punish yourself, you go run five miles because you're like, oh my God, I had a piece of a donut. However, the attempts to attain optimum health through attention to diet may lead to malnourishment, loss of relationships, poor quality of life. Like, yeah. If, if your food intake is, is intruding into your life that much, that's a big red flag. Yeah. A gigantic red flag. And and we didn't put that in there, but we are going to talk about the red flags right now. So that's the first one. Um, A preoccupation with eating optimally can totally crowd out other meaningful aspects of your life, like social activities, work, or even just eating for fun, because food can be, you know, enjoyed. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be enjoyed. We spend a lot of time growing it. We spend a lot of time preparing it. You should also get to fucking savor while you eat it. Um, We're not robots. Robots, they just do whatever and don't even get to enjoy stuff. We robots don't cry though. Robots don't cry, but they are going to take over Great a band start. name from Omaha. Fucking You're welcome. Overlords. Omaha Deep Cuts. <laughs> uh, kitchen. Welcome to a podcast that's uh, hosted by a couple of ex scene kids back in the day. You want to talk about obscure fucking emo and hardcore bands out of Omaha? Yo, but we don't have time for that right now. So we're going to talk about what the warning signs are for orthorexia. Um, if you feel unhappy with your body, if you're over-focusing on yourself and especially how you look um, compared to other people, huge mm-hmm. fucking red flag. That's a big red flag in any part of your fitness journey, but especially if you're using it as a way to like restrict your diet or punish yourself. Giant fucking sides of the tapestry behind me, like eight by ten fucking red flag. The brightest red you've ever seen. Yo, if you are doing this, you need to talk to somebody ASAP. Pause the podcast right now and go find someone. Like, mm-hmm. not even shitting you. It's It's a big red flag. Um, if you depend on external performance standards and approval, but you never feel quite good enough, even if you do well, this is the first three are um, ones that I see our bodybuilding friends fight a lot. Yeah. Especially when they're coming off a competition because they look like fucking jacked gods because they are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we all know that that physique is obtained by heavy restriction and a lot of fucking physical work. 
So there's a rebound and we've been seeing this rebound effect because we have a lot of friends that are competitive bodybuilders and they tend to frequent the same shows. So everybody's in like their off season right now. And like, I'm seeing the same things on Instagram stories where people are just like, well, this is the meat suit today. Going to put on a hoodie and fucking go work. And it's like, yeah, dude, you're in the off season. You have to put mask back on to read. Yeah. And they know this. They fucking know this. Duh. Obviously, they know this. They're professional bodybuilders. But still, it's that fucking mental game. And it even gets to the pros. So if it gets to you, that's okay. You're a normal fucking person. And it happens to us. It does. Exactly. Um, the other warning signs, if you're struggling to maintain strong and supportive relationships because you're so hyper-focused on the food that you are consuming, yep. health-conscious people, athletes, coaches, and other folks in the wellness industry are more prone to orthorexia than others. That's the space that we occupy. It's something that we know, um, whether you're tracking food or what have you, like, is pretty important, but so is your relationship with food. And if you, if you feel in any way that you have a poor one, again, please speak to a professional about it. There is help out there to, to help walk you through it. Yep. Uh, we will say that just because you track your food or try to eat healthier does not mean that you have orthorexia. Orthorexia is, if you watch that TikTok later, uh, yesterday that I made, or if you haven't, go back and watch it. Again, everything in this space exists on a continuum. There's way over here, there's way over here, and there's right in the middle where most people lie. If you're way over here and feel like you're obsessed and it's all consuming your daily behaviors and rituals and you're feeling like you're starting to spiral, then maybe that's time for a discussion. Yeah, you're not the first person this has happened to, so don't be afraid to reach out for help. Um, I feel I feel like once you get several years into your fitness journey, this is an inevitable crossroads that you come to. Mm -hmm. um, like we talked about plateaus, you know, an episode or two ago, like you're going to plateau, but you're also going to get to a point where you kind of are like, do I need to track my food anymore? And that's kind of what we're getting at right now. If how is your relationship with food? Like honest question, you don't have to answer it right now, but chew on that for a second. How concerned are you with the health factor of the food that you put on your plate for every meal? Are you obsessing over certain macros? Are you obsessing over not eating certain macros? Like things to check yourself on to make sure you're still operating within the safe realm of food tracking. Cause like Sasha said, there are extremes on both sides, but there's the middle and there is a big chunk of middle that you could occupy safely and healthful, healthfully completely. Mm -hmm. Um, do you do any of these things? Do you feel anxious about your food? Do you feel guilty about like transgressions when it comes to your food? Like you need to be punished or that you committed a sin. Those are warning signs. Yeah, absolutely. Do you spend a lot of time and or energy planning and or evaluating your food choices? This is what I'm talking about when I said I had to stop tracking food. I was spending so and in uh, it just a dumb amount of time obsessing over like it worked for me for a time, but then it got into dangerous territory after a while. Um, all of these can be signs that you should be reevaluating your relationship with food. Like I was getting to the point where like, yeah, I was pre-planning, you know, like the next day. So I wouldn't have to log, mm -hmm. but like, then I would refine it every day and, and I would just start leaving true. stuff out because, well, I can have this if I get rid of this. It was like I was literally playing Tetris every single fucking day. And like it, it was just taking up a ridiculous amount of time each and every day. So that's why I was like, I got to I need to fucking back off of this shit. 
Cause. And that was my personal issue with no pre-logging my food because mm -hmm. I, it's an easy one to slide into. If you start pre like pre-logging your food is really convenient. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. If it works for you, if you can do it again, if you can operate in this area safely, you're fucking fine. Mm -hmm. But we want to make sure that you are operating in said area safely. That's the biggest concern here. So, yeah, um, right. you know, if, if you are pre-logging your food a day ahead and you're not really putting any thought into it other than just entering the portion amount of how much you ate, you're fine. Right. We're not fucking talking to you. I was doing like three to four days ahead. If you're planning your whole week and then agonizing over moving things around because you want to eat one thing the day before instead of eat like that's a problem. And that's yes. what Sasha was talking about when yeah. she talks about playing Tetris. Like if you're just. If there's too much geometry going on, you might be doing too much. It's not that complicated. It really, uh -huh. at the end of the day, just is food, okay? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So it really is. We lifted this litmus test from a precision nutrition coach email that um, Sadie received last week. So if you're going on, this is just a test, all right? If you're going on a long, long road trip and only place to stop and eat is McDonald's, would you do it? Does it bother you? Are you getting pissed off because that's your only food option? Are you getting anxious? It, what would you order? Like actually salad think about that. And also they don't, the salad machine is broken that right. day. You can only order burgers or fries. Don't answer like right now, but actually think about that. There are, op you could get a kid's meal. It's 560 calories for the yeah. whole meal. Okay. Like, and cheese. it has some protein. You get a toy. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's okay. And especially okay. if you're driving, you might need those extra calories to pay attention to the, like, sometimes your brain needs extra calories. Yeah, I don't yeah. think people talk about this enough, but sometimes you need to fucking eat just to focus. Yep. And, yep. and like, if I am having like, oh my God, hallmark sign, I'm having a rough mental day. I don't want to move and I can't think. What do I do? I order a fucking order a meal from McDonald's, either chicken nuggets or a quarter pounder. And if I am having a bad mental health day, it might be the only thing that I'm going to eat that day just because my brain's being a shit ball. And it's like, I'm not hungry. And it's like, all right, well, I'm going to shove this in your face. Some, again, sometimes good enough is fucking good enough. Just leave yep. it at that and move on. It's not that deep. Okay. <laughs> sometimes really people, helpful. especially on social media for engagement and clicks and interactions and all that shit, people make things deeper than they need to fucking be. Your food is not one of those things. So don't make it that way. Um, if you do have a damaged relationship with food, you're asking us, okay, well, that's great. I'm fucked. How do I fix it? First of all, you're not fucked. Second, if you think you're struggling with disordered eating, again, talk to a professional. We are not professional therapists. We are not registered dietitians. We know more about training and nutrition than the average bear because we've decided to learn about it. But if you need help finding someone, you can reach out to us. Hello at meatheadtestkitchen.com. We will help you find somebody in your area if you need help just looking in the right direction. We're not here to fucking judge. We're here to fucking help. So um, eating the well. The title of this episode is now Talk to a Fucking Professional. Seriously. <laughs> I feel like that should be like every mental health check. Too. Yeah. Seriously. Coming up next week, talk to a professional. <laughs> um, eating well shouldn't be a chore or a punishment. It's meant to enrich your daily life and help you feel better. Do not twist it into something awful and horrendous, please. You deserve better than that. You absolutely do. Remember, like, yeah, we are we are your hype machine, okay? Like, you are worth everything that you are willing to put into yourself and and more than that, okay? So, like, this, this doesn't have to be a bad thing, and you're not a bad person if you've gotten into dicey waters. Like, legit, at the top, that's why we said sometimes it just happens. It does. Because you think, you know, you're doing the – you're trying to do the right thing for yourself, right? 
it can become slippery really quick though. And that's why we wanted to talk about it. So it can go sideways, even with the best of intentions. That's life. Exactly. (laughs) Look for influencers who preach body neutrality and intuitive eating, intuitive eating. Like if you could master it and maybe we should revisit that again as well. Yeah. Oh man. The freedom that comes with intuitive eating is something that is life changing for real. Yeah. Um, Know that it's also okay to transition off of tracker mode from time to time or permanently. You shouldn't have to weigh your food every single day, every single meal, every single item for the rest of your life. That's not the fucking point. Nope. The point, again, is to master what a portion size looks like. That's it. Okay? You should not be four or five years down the road like weighing your food still. I do it from time to time now, especially like... I started shopping at Aldi. Like the, the, it's just different with some of their portion sizes. Like, okay. Like sometimes you have to like occasionally do that, but you should not be having to rely on it every single ounce, gram, whatever for the rest of your life. Yeah. You can bring the food scale out to hone your skills every now and then. And that's fine. You're still testing. Like that's totally okay. Um, I'd also like to put a note in that if you see bodybuilders and stuff, they are again, the exception, they're exceptions to lots of rules because they know the rules that they're breaking and they understand the risks that they're taking by doing this for their sport. So mm-hmm. we're not talking about, or two bodybuilders when we talk about, you know, shouldn't track your food five years out. Not what we're talking about. The you thing with bodybuilding that. though, too, is like they have to control every controllable yes. that they can control. And yes. that is one of those things. <laughs> and that is the fucking sport. And that's what that in and of itself is what makes the sport of bodybuilding so difficult Mm. um and they fully understand it like they know going into it what they're doing most of the time so and if you don't you can hire a coach Mm -hmm. you can hire a nutrition coach you can hire a fitness coach yes they can be expensive but sometimes you need that extra hand holding and remember it doesn't have to be forever like as a personal trainer would i love to have you on my roster for the next five years absolutely but if you decide after 12 months that you have the confidence to go out on your own in the wild and you're going to be like yo dude i got this fucking go Like, I'm excited for you. I I helped you gain the confidence that you can tackle this shit on your own. There is no bigger compliment to me as a personal trainer than someone being like, hey, I think you did a really fucking good job. I'm going to try this for a bit and I'll let you know. And I'm like, yeah, hopefully you kill it. Cool. Um, And just make sure that you find a coach that aligns with your philosophy. That one is a really, really important part of finding a coach. Um, And that can be really difficult. So shop around. Um, you know, there are plenty of personal trainers on Instagram and TikTok and whatnot, but like, if you need that personal accountability in person, go to your local gym and just interview a couple of the personal trainers. That's totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what? The personal trainers would probably appreciate it too, because we don't want to have a, a personality clash just as much as you don't want to have a personality clash. Like we need to be friends. So the vetting process is kind of a welcome thing as a personal <laughs> trainer. Um, but for more information, like, like we said, we just scratched the surface today and we are going to talk about intuitive eating, not next week because it's a mental health check, but the week after that. Um, so, you know, I attached an article from the National Library of Medicine in the show notes. If you really want a full deep dive into the topic, that's where you can find it. Because again, we are not registered dietitians or professional therapists. I think we said that like five times. So I think we're good in the legal disclaimer arena today. Go to therapy if you need to. It's totally okay. If you want to. Yes. It's fine. And remember, it's just fucking food, dude. You got to eat. We all do. We need it. Period. End of story. So please make sure you find yourself a happy place with it in your own brain. Life is fucking hard and complicated enough. Lord fucking knows, especially lately. Stomp our feet and be toddlers. You don't need to crucify yourself over your food choices. Please. No. Don't do it. We do have coaching. 
Sadie, meatheadathletics.com. You can get merch and there is new merch coming to, uh, soon and it's fucking sick. Bro. You go to, you go to, you go to herd at, uh, or shop.herdatmedia.com. You can find some of our stuff there that we currently have, but the new stuff, like I'm sure you have noticed by this point in time that we've updated some things like super stoked. So make sure that you go to shop.herdatmedia.com. As always, follow us on all the socials. We're at Meathead Test Kitchen everywhere except for Twitter where we are at MTK staff. Show notes will be on uh, meatheadtestkitchen.com. And you can if always- If I remember <laughs> to click the right button. <laughs> you can always email us at hello at meatheadtestkitchen.com. Follow Sadie at Meathead Sadie. Follow me at yeah. Meathead Sasha, S-A-U-S-H-A. And until next time, we love you. Look, Be kind to yourself. Out. Out. Sadie and Sasha every Monday, helping to make your fitness and nutrition journey suck less. MTK. A Herd at Sports Network production.